Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO show. I'm your host Kevin Appleby and today I've got a very interesting person with me. I've got Tom Schultz. Now Tom is unusual because he's a CPA that has written a book. And Tom's book is all about becoming a fractional CFO. So that I guess makes Tom the authority on the subject. So Tom, welcome to the Grow CFO show. Well, thank you for having me, Kevin. I really appreciate it. So, Tom, tell me, why did you write a book? Well, I've been wanting to write a book, I don't know why, for 15 years. I started in the fractional CFO business in 2006. And back then, it was almost like the Wild West. There was just a little one person here, one person there. And I was looking around for some guidance, some help. What am I doing? I was kind of an accidental fractional CFO, and I'll be happy to tell that story later. But I kind of went through the business of fractional CFO by the School of Hard Knocks, just learned as I went along. And eventually, it got to the point where more and more companies, more and more firms were being formed with people like me. And I even formed one myself with a partner, and we've grown to 18 people. But all along the way, I kept thinking, man, I'd like to give back to the people that are now looking at this and wanting to get into it. And I wished I would have had someone like me to write a book back then so I could have read it and figured it out all out a lot easier and a lot sooner. So I've been looking at that for 10 plus years, thinking about it, never had the time to do it. And I ran into a uh, book writing called Creators Institute. And Creators Institute actually creates cohorts of writers and gives you a peer group to surround you with and gives you guidance and holds your hand through it. And I said, well, I need a structure. I need framework. I need deadlines and I need support. And they gave it all to me and that got me to where I am today. Yeah. And I've put on a back burner myself, but what I've discovered, I've written the outline. I know it's going to be in there. I just need to actually write the content. But you need, I think, that exactly that accountability that you're talking about from a group. You commit to say, I'm going to write a chapter this week. (laughs) And somebody's actually saying to you, Kevin, where's that chapter you told us about last week? I started last June, June 6th. And the first deadline was we needed to have a crappy rough draft done by Halloween, by October 31st. And so... That started there, and I've revised and revised and changed and this, that. I mean, it's just a lot of things to go into it. That's it. It's getting the first words down on the page. Every word exactly. get edited in one way or other. But exactly. But get, get the thing down on the page to start with. So your target audience for the book is the person who might have just started becoming a fractional CFO or is seriously thinking about it. Well, my first target audience when I started writing the book was someone who's considering it. I'll give you an example, because it all goes back also. The topic and the target comes from over the years, someone I know will know a CFO and the CFO will lose their job. Maybe their company got bought out, whatever, and they don't want to leave the area. 
and they want to kick the tires on this concept of a fractional CFO. And so my contact will connect the two of us because he'll say, oh, why don't you go talk to Tom? Because Tom knows this fractional CFO, what it's like, and you can go find out what it's like for him and consider that. And so over the years, I've probably talked to, had lunch or coffee, uh, to 50, 60, 70 people over yeah. since 2006. And I just started thinking, well, maybe I can give them a book instead. But that was the idea of the topic. Someone considering, someone you know, looking for a job, wanting to know more about it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where the, the whole genesis of it came from. That being said, I've had this out there now for about a month and a half as an ebook. And some of the feedback and comments I've gotten back from early readers have told me, well, I just started out and boy, I'm glad I'm reading it now. It's really giving me a good and proper framework. So I would say that if you're just starting out, it'll be good for you. Or if it's something you're considering doing as a career change, I think it's probably better, more appropriate for you to read it before you make the leap. And I got a hold of a copy yesterday. You kindly sent me the PDF. And I very quickly, I know that time to read that much. I read the first couple of chapters. And I'd say that if you're thinking about this, it's this isn't a textbook. This is a nice, easy to read book, but it's got a lot of facts in it. There's a few nice stories in it. And the stories are very useful here because they tell you where the bear traps are. Yes. Thank you. Kind words. So. Tom, you you said earlier that you became an accidental fractional CF. So take us back to 2006. Tell us what happened. Okay. Well, I was with a company and I was a CFO for 15 years. And I helped the owner of the company sell the company. He came to me about a year before we actually sold it and said, well, I can't tell anyone else about it. Just you, it's going to be you and me doing this, but I'm ready to sell the company. And so we went on a year-long search and through due diligence and all the things associated with selling a company. And so we sold the company. Here it is, 2006, and I'm without a job. And my kids are in their early teens, and I don't want them to leave their schools. And so here we are thinking, well, what am I going to do? So I started looking for a job, and someone called me up and said, listen, I need you to go into this company and kick the tires on it for me because they're asking me for more of an investment. And I don't want to invest more money unless I have some good feedback from someone who knows the financial side well. So I went in and that actually became my first part-time CFO gig. And at the time, that was just going to be a part-time little thing. Two months later, I get another call from someone said, hey, I hear you're doing this part-time CFO thing. And lo and behold, that turned into a job. So here I am doing two part-time CFO things. While I'm looking for a full-time job still, but thinking, well, that's going to help the income stream in the meantime. And then two months after that, I got a pseudo consulting slash CFO job for a company that was a roll-up private equity-backed company. And I started traveling and literally I was full-time all of a sudden before I knew it. And so when I got to the end of my first year uh, being unemployed, but really being employed for myself as a fractional CFO, I sent out an email to my network list and they said, by the way, I'm in this fractional CFO thing for a living now. That's stopped looking for a full-time job for me. Kind of just happened. 
So you'd go to the end of year one and you had three clients? I had three clients, but the one client had multiple locations. And so I was in multiple of their locations. One I went in and I had to be their interim controller because they had just acquired it and they wanted someone to bring them on to the company system. So I didn't necessarily do total CFO stuff in the early days. I was doing a variety of things, but I was full time. Yeah. So as you go forward across then those 17 years, how many different organizations have you done the CFO role for? Over 40. Right. So if we're looking then, the message is that none of these clients are kind of permanent long-term things. They're, They're for a period of time. Most of them are not, but some of them are. Right now, I'm at a manufacturing company that I've been there since 2010. I've been a part-time CFO for 13 years. And I've got one of my partners in my firm, Next Gen CFO, has been with a company for 20 years as a part-time. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you set it up right and you've got a good controller, then you can definitely be a part-time CFO. In fact, I hate to interject here without you asking the question, but... I've got one client now who's 80 million in sales and I am their part-time CFO. Yeah. But they've got a great controller. Yeah. So I don't the time need you to... get to 80 million, you'd normally be expecting the CFO role coming full time. Right. Yeah, exactly. If you do it right. So as a fractional part-time CFO, what are the things that you do and what are the things you avoid getting dragged into? Okay. So, I would do everything that's high level that a CFO would do. So things like I'm the bank relationship manager. I'm working with the banker. I'm overseeing the accounting department, but hopefully I've put in place a good controller. So I'm really just overseeing the accounting department and the reporting and deadlines and things like that through the controller. I'm insurance relationship manager. I'm doing future cash forecasting. I'm not looking in the rearview mirror. I'm looking in the future. So I want to know, are we going to buy a half million dollar piece of equipment in six months? And how are we going to get the cash for that? Those are some of the things I try to do. I try to avoid things that a controller would do. I don't want to be cutting checks or I don't want to be reconciling a bank statement. I don't mind doing financial projections. So looking into the future, that's something that back in the early days of spreadsheets, known as FP&A right now, but in the early days of spreadsheets, to me, that's my Bible in terms Mm, of looking into the future, the crystal ball is you need to know what the future is modeled out to look like, especially on a cash basis. So those are some of the things I do, but I don't want to do the month end closing. I don't want to do the regular routine reports. If it's something I can push down, I'm going to push it down. That's what allows me to be a part-time CFO for an $80 million company, is putting things where they're appropriate. What about running change programs? Is that something that you do as part of your remit? Would you run a project that was around maybe changing an accounting system, modifying the way things are done? Yes. Well, I've done that more in the past. More recently, as I get to bigger size, I do do project management on that. Let's say if we're going to do a new payroll system, we're going to do a new ERP system is even harder. I will typically be the project manager on that. I might do 
be involved in some of the meetings on some of the, you know, looking at the chart of accounts and how are we going to structure it. And the benefit is that in my early career, really, in my early days as a fractional CFO, I did a lot of that hands-on. So I think I've probably evolved toward trying to delegate more than I used to. But, you know, that's the world (laughs) we try and evolve. Indeed. So you started off entirely by yourself. Yes. You were searching around for any information you could find. And you say you learned how to do this through the school of hard knocks. Right. Tell me a little bit more about that, Tom. What sort of things, the hard lessons you learned in that period? Yeah. Well, one lesson is that I'm better at business development than I thought I would be. You know, when you're a CFO, you go into accounting and finance and you're not wanting to go into sales. That's not our cup of tea. And when I graduated from that one job we helped sell the company, I thought, well, I'm not into sales or business development or whatever. But after a year, after two years, I realized that it's not a matter of sales. It's not a matter of marketing. It's not a matter of business development. It's a matter of building relationships and building relationships with people who could refer you to prospective clients. And part of my school of hard knocks, I still remember one year it was between Thanksgiving and New Year's, and I had some capacity I was trying to fill. And during that six weeks in the holiday period, I sent out massive amounts of emails, placed phone calls, cold calls to owners of companies to try and establish some future business. And I ended up with zero response, literally. The holidays were a bad time to do it. And I also found out that going directly to a prospective client is really not very helpful. My batting average with going directly to a client for business was like 2%. My batting average with getting referred in by a trusted advisor of theirs, a CPA, uh, their banker, insurance guy, if I get referred in by them, my close rate is probably 75%. Yeah. Because they're referring me in not just on a hoped-for basis. Usually there's a problem that occurred, a point of pain, I call it. And they're there talking to the owner and the owner's saying, well, what am I going to do? Well, here's a solution. Yeah. There's only any point in talking to the owner, I guess, when the owner is ready to buy. Going off cold calling to business owners. Well, they may have a fractional CFO in place already. They never even have thought that they needed one. It's when the problem hits, there's a little bit of panic mode hits in and the advisor says, oh, I know Tom, he can sort it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's interesting on business development side is today, a lot of the younger, newer fractional CFO entrants, the first thing they do is they put up a LinkedIn page and start posting on a regular basis and use that as their kind of marketing medium. Well, the reality is there's people like me who wrote a book and there's people who are running companies like that, who are posting and actively looking at all that stuff. Some of the 50 plus year old company owners are not actively on LinkedIn. It's just not really that helpful. So it's interesting, but it's all part of the evolution of the business. So if using your network to get referred in is your key way of developing business, Tom, Mm -hmm. how would you advise anybody thinking about this to go build a network? 
I would say that the first thing you need to do is write down a list of everyone you know, everyone you've come into contact with in your previous roles. Say you are a CFO somewhere. You have an insurance person you worked with. You have a banker you worked with. You have a lawyer. You have a CPA. All those people that you knew. And then you go in and you say, listen, I'm looking for some for an opportunity here. Can we grab lunch? Can we go have coffee and talk about it? And then when you're sitting down in front of them, I've always found it best to do the relationship stuff first, ask about their kids, ask about their families. Yeah. And then toward the end, oh, by the way, you know, this is what I'm doing now. And I'd appreciate if you ran into someone, that would be helpful. I'd appreciate a referral. Part of the time you're talking with them and you get a question with, what should I look for? How would I know there's a referral opportunity for you? And so I will give them some prompts. Like if you're a banker and you're in front of your client and you're complaining about all the terrible financial statements you're getting from them, or they're always three months late, or they don't know what they're doing with financial projections, that's a good opportunity. Or if you're an insurance broker and you're having to negotiate with the owner instead of a CFO, well, there's an opportunity there. There's all kinds of little tricks there, but I would say you start with those four or five people you do know, and every single one of them has people they work with. So if you're talking to a banker, you say, hey, oh, by the way, I'm looking for a referral, but is there one or two other people you think that I should probably talk to? that might be interested in getting to know me better than what I can do. And invariably, that banker will have two people sitting in the offices on either side of them that they'll say, oh, yeah, I'll introduce you. And then the final step, though, is to say, well, can you send an introductory email to them on my behalf? Because just having their name and you do it, you sending them an email is not going to be as impactful as if the guy you just had lunch with is introducing you and saying, this is a great guy, you should talk to him. I would start to there, and then the network grows from there. And every new client has a new banker, has a new CPA, and make it a point, every new client, with getting to know those guys. And I've always found it kind of old-fashioned, I guess, but when you're eating with someone, when you're drinking coffee with them, it's easier to build a relationship than trying to do it over Zoom. And I think where... We in GrowCFO are running a a training business, a membership business. We're trying to reach many people. Right. Then you've got to use other forms of marketing than that one-on-one thing. But we still find that a lot of the time if we're talking future CFO program, where we're getting a number of people to come and join a cohort, the thing that normally changes the deal is the one-on-one conversation. So go have the one-on-one conversations. And particularly in your world where you're you're not going out looking for 10, 20, 30 people, you're looking for one person to be your next client. Because, hey, if you've got more than five at a time, you're doing a day a week. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, let me just mention also that for someone starting out, if you're going to be a solopreneur, I guess they call it, It's harder now because in most cities of any size, of any bunch of companies around, that there's a firm there already. So we're next-gen CFO. We're in the Piedmont Triad area, center of North Carolina. And every referral comes to us. 
there's a couple onesie twosies out there, but they don't get the referrals that we get because we're there and we've got yeah. clients in common with our referral sources. Yeah, and that's it. You've got your relationships. The right. other 17 folk in the firm have their relationships. Right. So you exactly. can help just about everybody. How did that all happen? How did Next Gen CFO come to be? Sounds well, like you managed to acquire yes. a full book of clients fairly quickly. So why then go form a firm? Yes. So I had a full book of clients and it's a little bit frustrating being by yourself with a full book of clients and you get a referral in and you got to say no. Yeah. Or it's also frustrating when you lose a client and you've got to start up your marketing effort and it might take a few months before you get another referral. So those two things was connected by one of my clients at the time. He said, you know, I met a guy at lunch the other day. He does exactly what you do. And so I connected with him and he was exactly doing what I do. He had actually started even before I, he'd started in the year 2001. So that's kind of old timer for a fractional CFO, but the two of us got together lamented on that same thing, what I told you. That, and we said, you know, let's combine forces, be a strategic alliance. When we've got a referral and we can't handle it, we'll refer it, to, we'll pass it along to the other or, you know, but we'll, we'll also do a joint website. So it was just two of us at first. And then all of a sudden, one of the established firms down in Charlotte, North Carolina, decided to establish an office in our area. And we said, you know, we probably ought to grow before they come in and scoop up all the good CFOs in this area. So we added three more. Then all of a sudden we were five and we were launching. And that was 2010. And since then, we've always entertained one or two every year. We've had some that have come and gone, gone full time, you know, retired, done whatever. But uh, we got 18 now and been a good ride, but a little bit hectic. We've got probably 70 clients between the 18 Mm. of us. Yeah. And much less impact when one client leaves. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. And I put it in my book, actually, that if one of your clients leaves, you don't lose your whole paycheck. Exactly. You know, the leap of faith when you start off is you've got no paycheck to start until you get a client. But then once you've got a full book of business, you're actually more secure in your job because you don't lose your whole paycheck. Exactly. And that's the problem. CFOs are losing jobs all the time because the owner decides to sell. Exactly. And that's the target market for this book. You ended this in 2006, 17 years ago. Now, Mm -hmm. you're 17 years older now than you were then, which takes you towards that point of thinking about retirement. Is this something that you could quite happily keep on doing, but maybe drop to four days to three days in a week? Well, you've actually hit on my retirement plan. Probably the retirement plan of a lot of people entering this business. You know, most of the people that come into the fractional CFO world are seasoned veterans. So we're going to get a lot of 50s and 60-year-olds doing this. And when I'm ready to hang up my spurs, as it were, I'm... First of all, when I see them two years away, I'm going to stop taking new clients. And so some attrition might occur. And then when I'm ready to really do it formally, I'm going to pick and choose my favorite clients I'm going to keep and my not so favorite clients I'm going to pass along to someone else in the group. And I'm not going to be ready to fully 
retire like a cliff. It'll be great to keep my hand in things. That's the nice thing, I think, that you can pick and choose which clients right. it's going to be. You get into a position where you say, well, I really, really like this particular right. business. I get on really well with these folk over here. I'm going to yeah. stay with that. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to think that all clients are great to work with, but not all clients are great. To no, work they're not. <laughs> yeah. You know, most of them are, and most of them are in how you deal with them and how you build a relationship with them. But there's some that I've had some real problems with their ethics, shall we say, and, you know, an operating style and culture. So that's the nice thing about working for yourself. You get to pick and choose who you want to work with. Absolutely. And I guess when you're in that position of being part of a group of 17, 18 other fractional CFOs, then you're never going to be in that desperate position that says, oh, I've only got four clients, I need five. I've got to take the next one that comes along. Right. Yeah. You know, that being said, every time we add a new person, they get filled up. And so that's another reason why I wrote the book is because I think we need more people coming into the fractional CFO business. And the evidence really is not data-driven, but it's driven by the fact that every time we add someone, they get filled up quickly. And the other evidence is if you look on every fractional CFO website, the firms out there, they're all trying to recruit new people. So they must see the same thing we are. Yeah. Is that because there are many, many companies out there who should have somebody doing the CFO role, but they don't? Yes. In a word, yes. I actually pulled some data out. In the United States, there are 1.6 million companies between 500,000 in sales and 50 million in sales, which to me is a target market for a fractional CFO, 1.6 million. And someone did a research once, and I'm sure it's a moving target, and guesstimated there were 7,000 fractional CFOs in the United States. So if you do the math, that's like 1%. If you average each CFO handling five companies and do the math, it's you know like 1.5%. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of- 35,000 companies. Yeah, out of 1.6 million. So there's yeah. a whole lot of opportunity out there still. Yeah. I think there's still a huge, huge marketplace. This business isn't getting easier. It's becoming more complicated, which means you need somebody with a financial brain sitting in there advising you, even if it is only a day a week. Yes. And actually, in the UK, you talk about along my research, I met a gentleman who is a CFO for CFO Center. S-E-N-T-R-E. And I think they're probably the biggest in the UK. Certainly, they're the only global one I've run across. And it was uh, interesting to see that it's the same over there as it is here. Yeah. And the thing is that the sort of things that the CFO deals with are the same in every country worldwide. Yeah. You might have some slightly different tax rules. You might have some slightly different company laws, but it's the same job by and large. Yes. The first owner of a company that hired me as a CFO, he said, remember this guiding principle as you progress in your career. As we grow, never let us run out of cash. And that is universal truth. Probably just about sums up the job, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. I mean, everything, you look at it in terms of that context on different things. Yeah. So I dare say there's a few people listening to this that are thinking, yeah, well, I've been thinking about a fractional CFO role for a while. I've not taken the plunge. 
this sounds like an interesting book to get a hold of and find out some more. So tell me the name of the book again. The name of the book is So You Want to Be a Fractional CFO. Yeah. How would I go about getting a copy? Well, it will be available on pretty much all outlets within the next week or so. But right now you can get a copy on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and just type in fractional CFO in the search engine, as of right now, at least, and probably for the foreseeable future, it's the only fractional CFO book. So it's the first one on the search engine. Yeah, there'll be a link to Amazon in the show notes. So anybody that's listening wants to go get a copy, just go in the show notes on either our website at growcfo.net and look up this episode or go back to your podcast player and you'll see in the notes within the show links to Tom, links to me, links to the book and so on. And yeah, wishing you all success because it sounds as though while this is on Amazon, it's going to come out in a lot of other places in the immediate future. So how many copies of this book would you like to sell? What's the target? (laughs) Well, my original target, I read the average self-published book sells 250 copies. And so I said to myself, well, that's my goal is 250. Well, I'm already at 300 and I've barely started marketing it. So now I've reset my goal for a thousand. So, you know, it's amazing because I was always thinking in terms of the United States. And when I posted my ebook, someone bought my ebook from South Africa and sent me a message and said it was a great book. And they decided that they would quit their full time job and go into it based on my book, which is really a humbling experience. This book is relevant anywhere in the world. South Africa, the middle of Africa. And we've got a lot of growth (laughs) in countries like Nigeria. The, the fractional CFO model is just as relevant there. It's relevant in the Middle East. It's relevant in the Far East. It's yes. relevant in Australia. It's relevant in New Zealand. There's yeah. a whole world out there to get this book to, Tom. Yes, exactly. So far only in the English language, though. Most CFOs can speak English. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you for the plug for the book. Yeah. So, Tom, thank you hugely for being this week's guest on the Grow CFO Show. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and finding out about the book. You're welcome. And thank you as well for having me on here.